Well, hello again, Evangel family. Pastor Chris here, and from me, Mandy, and our family, and all of our pastors and staff, happy Easter to you. We are so thankful that we have this opportunity on this Easter Sunday to spend this time together looking to the Lord, finding encouragement and hope above all. You know, I wanted to take a few moments as we get into God's Word just to bring us back to the very first Easter Sunday. Whether you realize this or not, there are a lot of similarities to what we're feeling today and what we're feeling um, and what the original disciples felt that first Easter together. You know, when we really think about it, Easter came, the first Easter, when Jesus rose from the grave, it came at a time of incredible hopelessness. You know, everyone had seen so much. They had seen this man, Jesus, who had healed the sick. He had even opened the eyes of the blind. He had even raised the dead to life. And then he was betrayed. He was tried as a criminal, as a blasphemer. And he was hung on a cross and executed, made a mockery to the world around him. And then Jesus, the one whom his disciples had followed, whom the multitudes had cried out on Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who had come in the name of the Lord. He was dead. He was buried in someone else's tomb and left everyone who had followed him in a sense of hopelessness and despair. You know, there buried in the tomb that Jesus' body rested for those days were all the hopes in all the dreams of those who loved him, who followed him, and who had believed he would be the way to a greater life. You know, as I think about this idea, and I think about this Easter, some of us might be experiencing this same sense of hopelessness. That maybe you feel like those first followers of Jesus did. That hope is gone. Hope is dead. I, I, I feel that there's so much swirling in the world around us, so much coming undone. It just feels hopeless I want you to know today there's encouragement and there's a special message that comes from this Easter Sunday and I want to explore that with you. Today in our moments that we have together, I want to share with you why today, why Easter is the answer to the hopelessness we might be feeling in the world today. How Easter and what Jesus has accomplished can change everything for us. And to do that, I want to look at a verse of Scripture that gives us this powerful truth. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We've talked about this on a few occasions, but I want us this Easter Sunday to dive in and understand the power of what God extends to us through the message and the reality of Easter. Let's look together in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And you're going to see this on the screen. And as you do, I want you to read it aloud with me. Come on, let's read this together. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into, say it together, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's what I want you to know today. That the answer to the hopelessness the world is feeling and facing today is the living hope that's found in Jesus Christ and described in this verse of scripture. You say this hope, it is not the same kind of hope you could find anywhere else in this world and it's only available in one way. The Bible talks about it. What does it say there? What does that living hope come through? It comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What is that? That is Easter. 
The message of Easter shows us the power of the living hope that's available to you and to me today, to all of us who look to the Lord. So I want to explore that today. Because Jesus rose from the dead, there is a living hope that's available to us to take hold of and to experience this Easter. I want to understand more about this living hope. And I want to tell you this, that you can't find the hope that you're looking for today. None of us can, unless we can first see Jesus. We can't see this hope. We'll only see despair. We'll only see heartache. We'll only see loss. We'll only see hopelessness if we look to this world. But if you look to Jesus this Easter, this day that we celebrate his resurrection from the grave, we can find this living hope as well. And so I want to invite you right now, right where you're at, stand to your feet. All around, where every home is gathering to watch this Easter, wherever you find yourself, just stand to your feet for just a moment. And today on Easter Sunday, I want you to take the hands of the loved ones near you. And if you're watching this by yourself, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? And we're going to pray a prayer. Each week we've been praying and asking Jesus, along with our See Like Jesus series, to help us to see like him. But today as you lift your hands, as you hold the hands of your loved ones around you, we're going to pray a different kind of prayer. Because I believe this is the power of Easter, that what we need is not just to see like Jesus, but this Easter we're going to ask Jesus to reveal himself to us, that we will see Jesus in the power of his resurrection. So right now, come on, would you just pray with me? Say these words, dear Jesus, help me to see you today. Reveal yourself to me and show me how I can have this living hope. In your name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. So we're going to explore what this living hope is all about. The living hope that God's word shares, the living hope that's available because Jesus rose from the dead. And to do that, I want us to explore in the gospel some of the passages of scripture concerning the resurrection of Jesus. And there are really three things I want to talk about that are characteristics or attributes of this living hope. And the first one we're going to come to is found in John chapter 20. In fact, we're going to spend a lot of our time uh, this morning, these moments we have together in John 20. So if you have your Bible, would you just open there with me? And I'll, you could put it on your phone if you have, or if you're watching online right now in our evangelchurch.live, you'll see that there's a Bible right there that you can access. Let's go to John chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 14. This comes at the moment on that day when Jesus rose from the grave. He was laid in a tomb and then on the third day, he rose. The tomb was empty. You know, every other great leader that's ever lived and has done amazing things and the world has revered, you can go somewhere and find their final resting place. You could find their grave. But if you go and you search, go ahead. You are not going to find a grave that has anyone in it when you're looking for Jesus because he is risen. The tomb is empty. He is alive. That's why we have a living hope today. And so we come to this passage of scripture where when Mary and other followers had gone to the tomb, they find it's empty. And Mary is overwhelmed with grief. She's weeping and she's crying and she's just so broken up. Like I told you, that first Easter came at a time of incredible hopelessness. Maybe you've been feeling hopeless in this time. We're going to pray that Jesus does the same thing for you that he did for so many on that first Easter Sunday. Look at John chapter 20, verse 14. It says that at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But 
she did not realize that it was Jesus. I think it's entirely possible for us to be right in the presence of Jesus, but things in our lives can cause us not to be able to see him clearly and know that he's working in our lives. For me, I spent so much of my life as an atheist. I didn't even believe God was real. And yet the Lord was working in so many ways, protecting me, revealing himself to me. He was with me through thick and thin and in so many moments. And often I didn't recognize it in the moment. It wasn't until later that I realized he was there. The same thing is happening here in God's word where Jesus is there, but Mary can't fully see him today. My prayer is that all of us will leave this day, this Easter 2020, being able to see Jesus clearly. So what can cause us to not see him or not recognize him, not understand that he's right there in front of us? You know, I I see this hopelessness, this idea of despair, this idea of just being so overwhelmed and downcast that it can actually be one of the things that keep us from seeing Jesus clearly. You know, this passage comes at a time where Mary's very broken up. She's very overwhelmed. If you look at another passage of Scripture uh, that also talks about the resurrection and what happened on that first resurrection Sunday of Easter, Luke chapter 24 gives another account about two men who are on their way to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus, when Jesus comes and finds them and begins walking with them. Look what it says in verse 14 of Luke 24. It says, They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. They couldn't see him. Why couldn't they see Jesus clearly? Why couldn't they recognize what he was showing them in that moment? We see it in verse 17. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And the Bible says they stood still, their faces downcast. Now, when you think about that word, if you look at the word downcast, it literally is is like this. It's looking down. It's your face is down. You know, now that we have young children, there are moments where my kids, whether it's because they're disappointed or they're sad or maybe they're in trouble, you know what I'm talking about, parents, that whenever you begin to talk to them, they feel this deep weight of, of whatever it is that's going on around them and they won't even look up at you. They're just looking down. And, and I often have to get my children and say, look at me, look up, look up and see me. See what, see what I want to say to you right now. See how I want to encourage you or what it is that I want to share with you. But if we have this downcast spirit, then we can't see clearly. And so they're looking down. I wonder if they were just looking at this man's feet and didn't even know it was Jesus standing in front of them because that's what hopelessness does. Think about the hunched over woman that Jesus healed, that miracle. She was hunched over. When you're hunched over, all you could see is down. But Jesus says, look up, look up, daughter. Look up, son. The Lord comes to you today and he wants to reveal himself this Easter Sunday and say, look up, don't be downcast. Don't be in despair because you might miss what I want to show you and the living hope that I want to give to you. And so here Mary is, downcast, hopeless, wondering where they had taken the body of Jesus, had no idea that he'd risen. He's standing right in front of her, but just like these two men on the road to Emmaus, she's downcast. And here's the first thing I want you to know about this living hope, that it is personal. The living hope that's available in Jesus is not general, 
It's not for somebody else. It's personal and for you. And I want you to know what had the power to change everything for Mary and for these men on this road and for anyone who's in that place of discouragement or despair today. It's when Jesus calls your name. Look with me here. Whenever it says in John chapter 20, verses 15 and 16, he says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And then thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will go get him myself. And then verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. And in that moment, her eyes are opened and she can see clearly who he is. And she turned to him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She cries out to him because in that moment, now she sees. Man, if we don't have that living hope, if we don't allow ourselves to be in a place where we can lift our eyes to Jesus, we can miss what he wants to show us. This living hope that's extended through what Jesus has done for us, it is personal. It is for you. And my prayer for you today, and I want to pause right now and just pray that the Lord in this moment will speak your name into your heart that he calls out to you right now, that he wants to give you what only he can give you. So right now, just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you call our name and that the hope you provide is personal, Lord God. It's personal when it reaches to us right where we are in our despair, in our hopelessness, in our need, Lord God. You come to us in this moment, just as you came to Mary, just as you revealed yourself to the disciples, Lord God. Help us to see this. In your name we pray, amen. Jesus came to give us a personal relationship with God. It's not just the idea of religion. It's the idea of relationship. And because of that, it changes everything. So we see Mary in, in John chapter 20 goes from despair to joy to being overwhelmed. And she runs back to the disciples. Look at verse 18. It says, Then Mary went to the disciples with the news. What is the news? I have seen the Lord. Nothing changes your life like an encounter with Jesus. Like seeing him, knowing him, and understanding he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And she told everything she had seen and all the things to the Lord that he had said to her. Now in verses 19 through 20, we see that the disciples are there on the evening of the first day of the week and they were together and the doors were locked because of fear of the Jewish leaders. And then Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And as he said this, he showed his hands, he showed his side and his disciples were overjoyed. Why? Read it with me. When they saw the Lord. When Mary saw Jesus, it changed everything. When the disciples saw Jesus, it changed them forever. I want you to know, no matter where you might find yourself today, maybe you're in a hopeless place. Maybe you're in a hospital room watching this. Maybe you have contracted COVID-19. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're in a place of despair. Maybe you're locked up in your home and you're so afraid you can't even leave. I want you to know wherever you find yourself today, the Lord Jesus on this Easter Sunday can come to you just as he did to his disciples and reveal what he wants to show to you. He wants you to know something. Not only is this living hope personal, it is also available to every single one of us. It's available. 
Jesus came and placed himself in front of his disciples and he wanted to share something from his heart to them. He wanted to show himself to them. He said, peace be with you. Right now, I want to pray for the peace of Jesus to fill your home. Come on, this Easter Sunday, one more time, let's pray together and let's ask Jesus to come and be present with us. He says, I'm available to you right now. My peace I give to you, Lord Jesus. We need that peace once more. Lord, we want to feel the same joy well up in our hearts because we know that this living hope that's available through you is here and now and for this moment in time. Jesus, come, bring us your peace. Bring us your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus goes on. And look what he says to them again. Peace be with you. I want you to know that there is a peace that can fill the followers of Jesus that you can't find in this world. We talked about it last week. That's what the message of Palm Sunday is, that Jesus comes as our king to bring us his peace, not the world's peace. And he continues to provide it over and over and over again. That peace is available, but not only is it for you, but it's for you to carry to others. Look what he says. As the Father sent me, I am sending who? You. Come on, if you're, if you're with someone next to you, tell them right now, he sent us. He sent everyone that's a follower of Jesus. He sent us. Jesus said, peace be with you just as the Father sent me. Now I am sending you. What is Jesus sending us to do? He's sending us to extend his love, his hope, his peace to the world around us. He is sending us to show and to reveal that Jesus is alive, that there is a living hope, that although people can't find peace anywhere, peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And not only do we know that peace, we have that peace. And that peace keeps us and holds us even in these moments of uncertainty. The Lord has sent us to be a tangible expression of that peace and that hope that's only found in Jesus. And that's the power behind what God has commissioned us as Evangel Church to be doing in this season. It's been amazing to see how the vision of Boxes of Hope that started just a few weeks ago is not only spreading all throughout New Jersey, but it's even spreading throughout this country at this point. You see, we had this simple vision. What would it look like if we could bring a box of hope to the doorstep of every person affected by COVID-19 that is feeling hopeless in this hour? Those that are isolating, those that have contracted, those that are in a place where they've been exposed. What could it look like if we could bring a tangible expression of God's love right to them? In church family, I have to tell you, God has been moving. We have seen through boxes of hope we are now over 600 boxes that are going out all over New Jersey that have been delivered to people right where they are and it has shown them the love of God. I'm so thankful that God has opened the heavens and supernaturally provided exactly what we would need in this moment. I shared with you a few weeks ago, 27,000 pounds of relief supplies from our partner, Convoy of Hope, as they have helped us in a way that we could never imagine. So we have now been able to bring toilet paper and disinfecting wipes and, and uh, food and, and other kinds of goods, even diapers 
diapers for babies and single parents that didn't know where that provision would come from. We're so thankful for that partnership and for the amazing way God has provided supernaturally. And we're just getting started. God has now allowed us through your generosity, through your continued giving, that we are now packing up hundreds and hundreds of more boxes as we speak that are going to continue to go out and make a difference everywhere. Not only am I thankful for this idea of what we're able to provide to those that are in that vulnerable place, in that hurting place, but church family, I also want to celebrate what you're not aware of yet is we have another partner who you're aware of called World Help. And World Help is who we work with to bring village transformation all around the world, especially in Uganda and in Guatemala. And as they heard about this need, they wanted to get involved in some way. As they heard about the vision of Boxes of Hope, they deployed another tractor trailer with 20,000, come on, think about that, 20,000 pounds of relief supplies. And as they arrived here, we, we opened up the truck and we were amazed by what we saw. What we had actually found in these supplies is 10,000 of these hygiene kits. These hygiene kits are normally used in third world countries um, whenever there's crisis, such as the refugee crisis or natural disasters and things like that. And these are meant for people to be able to wash themselves. It has tissues, it has brushes, it has um, soap and, and shampoo and toothpaste and a washcloth. Well, we have a partner we talked to you about a few weeks ago, New York City Relief. We were able to get over 2,000 of these um, hygiene kits into the streets to minister to the homeless and bring hope to the homeless through boxes of hope. And so we're so thankful for that. But we have 10,000 of these kits. Not only do we have these, but what also came was some uh, hand sanitizer. This is like liquid gold, isn't it, right now? And some disinfecting wipes. And you know what we've been doing with these? We've been showing up to our first responders, to our frontline workers, to our essential personnel who are out there putting their lives uh, on the line every day to protect us and to care and to, to really be on the front lines. We've been giving these to them, to healthcare workers, to help them make sure that they have what they need in this hour. Truly, the Lord is providing He's providing tangible demonstrations of his love and his peace. Everything we give, do you know what it is? It is a tangible expression of God's love because God doesn't just want his love to be abstract or an idea. He made his love tangible to us. But what I'm rejoicing in the most is last Sunday, I had received a call from someone in our church who is friends with one of the presidents and CEOs of one of the hospitals here in New Jersey. And it's a hospital that's overrun with COVID cases. It's a hospital that is experiencing a lot of challenges where uh, even nurses and, and doctors, some of them have, um, have become sick and even lost their lives along with many others uh, who are in just a grave place. And as this um, leader had begun to share the nurses and the doctors, as they work very long shifts, as they get to the end of their shifts, they need to take time to wash themselves and clean themselves before they go home so there's no chance of them carrying the virus home to their families. And so they'd opened up a whole part of the hospital with showers and the ability for them to clean themselves. But, but the C president and CEO was just lamenting that we don't even have access to shampoo and soap and we got to figure out how to get toothpaste and all these things. And then it hit me, Jesus, 
Jesus has already provided it. And so this past week, we've sent 500 hygiene kits to one of our hospitals in New Jersey to provide for our doctors and nurses just what they need at this hour. Do you know what this is? It's a tangible demonstration of God's love. It's a tangible demonstration of hope. I want you to know this, that the hope we find in Jesus, it is not abstract, it is not just an idea. That hope is tangible. That hope is something that reaches to us, that we can touch, that we can feel, that we can experience for ourselves. No matter where you might find yourself, maybe you're a skeptic. Maybe you are someone that doubts. You know, Jesus' closest followers even found themselves in a place of doubt. One of them, he's become known affectionately as Doubting Thomas. And his story is found right here in this same passage of Scripture that we're looking at in John chapter 20. Verse 24, it says, Now Thomas, who is one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus had come. They only had heard the story. He had only heard the story about what Jesus had revealed to them. So the other disciples told him, they said, We have seen the Lord. We've seen him with our own eyes. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I could put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand in his side, I won't believe. I just won't believe. See, I want you to know there are some people in this world that they can hear the message about Jesus, and they say that that's great, and that's amazing. But until it becomes tangible, it doesn't change their lives. There are some people that are searching for Jesus. And I want you to know, they are finding him when his love becomes tangible to them. That's what incredible ministries like Calcutta Mercy Ministry and Hulda Bontane used to say. She shared it with our church family a few years ago. She said, yes, hearing about Jesus is great. But when our stomachs aren't full yet, then we can't receive the message in the same way. So it's so important, church, that we, just as Jesus makes his love tangible to us, is living hope tangible through things just like boxes of hope, through these care packages, through these relief supplies, through the things that are happening. We are showing the tangible hope that's found in Jesus, the tangible love of God on display. And when that happens, you know what happens? People come into his kingdom. There are lives that are being changed. There are people that are now accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because they've received a tangible expression of God's love at this hour, in their hour of most need. We've been getting text messages and so many emails back from people who have received hope at this desperate hour. Many have cried at their doorsteps as people, you, many of our church family, have delivered right to their doorstep a box of hope, a tangible expression that God loves them and has not forgotten them. And they've said this has come just at the right time. In fact, one family didn't know where they were going to find food to eat. They had lost their, their jobs and they didn't have anything. And they said, at this moment when we cried out, then there's a box delivered to our doorstep. That's the God that we serve. He provides just what we need, just when we need it. And so this love and hope being tangible is so powerful. So Thomas, like many, in this world today, are looking for that tangible demonstration. And Jesus has come to be it. Not, he didn't come to bring this, he came to bring himself. And he revealed himself to Thomas about a week later. Look what it says in verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, what? Come on, say it with me. We've said it multiple times. Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, you ready? Put your finger in my hands. 
Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Do you know what happens for many when they have this moment in time where everything changes, it's when the idea of God's hope becomes tangible in their lives. And for Thomas, in that moment, when it became tangible, when he could reach out and take hold of it, it changed everything in his life. It changed everything for him. And this is what Thomas said, my Lord and my God. In many, as we live to make God's love tangible, as we recognize church family, that on the first Easter, his followers shared the message, Jesus is alive with so many. And as Jesus became tangible, as that living hope became something that people could take hold of in their own lives, they can cry out, my Lord and my God, and enter into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. But verse 29, this is what Jesus said. Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. As Jesus reveals himself through his followers, through his church, through the message of the gospel and through his word, there's a blessing as we come to faith and as we look to him and see him and find him even at this hour. You know, I want to share with you this verse of scripture in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 through 19. It's so powerful because it talks about this idea that God's hope, the living hope found through Jesus is tangible. It's something you can take hold of. It says this, Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence when, when we take hold of the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. The Lord is offering to us today on this Easter what he offered to his very first followers and he's offered every day since he rose from the grave a hope that we could take hold of and a hope that can hold us, a living hope that can keep us in the midst of every storm and challenge that we'll face in this life. You see, in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, you'll say, Pastor, this is amazing. These gifts are amazing. These box of hope, is, it's incredible. But I want you to know, this is just a small token of God's love. But it's just a picture of something so much bigger. Because you want to know what the greatest tangible expression of God's love ever was, it was Jesus Christ himself because he was the first gift that was ever given. And everything that we do, we're doing as an expression of that first gift that God gave us. Look what it says, John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God did not come or send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God, God didn't send Jesus to come and point out all of our issues. I know some of you, your only experience with church and with religion has been this idea that God is just against everything and he's so angry with you and, 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 and that if you even step foot in a church or you even watch this stream right now, this video, then, then God's gonna punish you. That's not the heart of the God that we serve. He did not come in judgment and to, to hurt us or to condemn us. He came to save us. 
He came to reveal the sin that separates us from the Father and to show us there's a better way that we could take hold of this hope and let go of the things that are depleting us of our lives and we could find refuge and strength in a living hope that is tangible, that is available, that is personal, that reaches out to you right where you are. That's the living hope that comes through Jesus, risen from the grave. That's the answer of Easter. That's the power of what Jesus has done for us. And so what does that really look like, Pastor? What does that encompass? How can I have that living hope? Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, the verse we started with as we close this morning. And it says this again, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us something. What has he given us? New birth into a living hope. You can't fully experience this living hope until you've experienced this idea of new birth, the Bible says. What is that? Let's go back to John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus says it very clearly. He says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. No one can see and really experience this living hope unless they are born again. What does it mean to be born again? It means that we give up our old life and we experience the life that God has for us. It means that we come to the end of ourselves and we surrender our lives, everything we are, at the feet of Jesus who's risen from the dead. And he comes to save us, to forgive us of our sins, and to give us a brand new life, to give us a tangible, available, personal living hope that can keep us in the midst of any storm. So bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning. And on this Easter, I just believe there are many that need to experience this promise for yourself, to not just know about it, but to reach out and take hold of it. And that happens through you inviting Jesus to come into your life, confessing your sins to him, and putting your faith and your trust in the work that he's accomplished for you. So right now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're ready, if you're ready to make this decision, to give your whole life to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I'm tired of, of a dead hope. I'm tired of, of having no peace. I'm tired of the weight of my sin and my shame. I'm tired of living in fear of death every day. I want to have confidence and peace that you are offering in this moment. I want to have this living hope. If that's you, say this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. This is you and the Lord. Pray out, dear Jesus. I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I believe that you died and that you rose again so that I could have this living hope. Today, Lord, I commit to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you and rejoice with those that made this decision today. Lord, today is the first day of the rest of their lives. Today is the day that this living hope becomes tangible, real, and personal in their lives. And Lord, I pray right now your presence would fill them, your peace would go before them, and that, Lord, through this storm, even that we're walking through, Lord, they will be rooted, they will have an anchor that now holds them. In your name we pray, amen and amen. 
Come on, church family, wherever you are, would you rejoice with those that made this decision today? Would you just praise God for what he's done? Thank you, Lord. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice when someone makes that decision. If you just made that decision, look at me right now. I don't want you to walk this journey alone. If you could please share with me that you made this decision, there's two ways you could do that. One is you could pull out your phone right now. Another is there's going to be a link right in the chat uh, where you're watching this, uh, this service. And I want to put something in your hands. We have a book called Following Jesus. It's going to be our gift to you today if you made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've committed your life to him for the first time and this is a brand new experience or maybe you've been very far from God and today's the day on Easter Sunday 2020 that you've given your heart to him and you've just given everything back to him. We want to give you this. We have a digital version of this book, Following Jesus, for anyone who's made that decision. So here's how you can get that. Just text us. Text the word Jesus to 908-325-5163 or click the link and that will help us get that right to you and also pray with you and celebrate this decision as you're making it. Again, if you're new and you're just joining us, we shared with you earlier that we have an amazing resource to put in your hands, Hope in the Dark. This is what's going in every box of hope that we're giving out. This is from Pastor Craig Rochelle and it talks about believing in God that he is good even when life is not. And many need to know that today. And so if you're new to Evangel, if you're a guest, you've been joining for the last few weeks but have never identified, then just text the word new to that same number um, or fill out the link there to let us know you're new and we'd love to send a copy of this to you as well. Well, God bless you, church family. Happy Easter from our family and our Evangel staff and leaders to yours. Let's continue to pray that God will ground us and root us in this living hope. Let me pray for you before we close out our time. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are alive. We thank you for this living hope and we pray that all of us can experience it at this hour, this Easter, Lord, when the world looks to your followers, may they see a joy where everyone else is despairing, not because things are going well, but because we know our hope is found in you and it's alive and active in us. So I thank you, Lord, that you're moving, that you're working and that you're encouraging us at this hour. Continue to be with us, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church family, and happy Easter.